This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. This show is brought to you by Pet King Brands, the makers of Zymox and Oratine. It's Behave with Arden Moore, the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces. They're perfectly pampered pets in Who's Walking Who in Rintin, Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Our special guest today was a drill sergeant in the Army. Now, I can't wait for her to give a military cadence or two. And now, though, she is keeping in step with a focused mission, and that is to train service dogs for military veterans, wounded warriors, first responders, and many, many others who have given so much for all of us. It is an honor to welcome to our show the founder of Mutts with a Mission, Brooke Corson. Welcome to the show, Brooke. Thank you very much for having me. It's an honor. All right. Well, I'm not military, but I still want to salute you for all you do for Mutts with a Mission and on all the other things you do. And listeners, I hope you'll know you're going to be inspired by her. But we got to pay for the show first. So we got to take a commercial break. So you know the drill. That's going to be a key word in the show. Drill. Sit and stay. We will be right back. Time for a pause. Four furry ones actually sit and stay. Oh, behave. We'll be right back. Hey, pet pals, Arden Moore here. Got dog? Of course you do. Our friends at Carlson Pet Products have some great products to keep your dog happy and safe. They have a lineup of decorative and durable doorway gates. Hey, I got two, and I love them. They keep my dogs, Kona and Emma, out of the two rooms where my cat's litter boxes are. My cats are able to slip in and out of the small opening of the gate when needed. I installed these gates in minutes. The gates are easy to use and match my decor. Learn more by dashing over to carlsonpetproducts.com today. You'll be glad you did. Get 25% off your order plus free shipping using the promo code PETLIFE at carlsonpetproducts.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All Behave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now, back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome back to the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Our special guest today is Brooke Corson. She's the founder of this great nonprofit group in Virginia Beach. It's called Mutts with a Mission. Now, I met Brooke last month, and I was <laughs> you know me. In a Zoom class? No, not the Zumba. 
na, 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 na. I'm talking Zoom, the thing we all wish we had bought stock in in the fall of 2019. Um, and so when I am not here hosting the Old Behave Show, as you know, I wear a lot of collars in the pet world. And one that I'm very passionate about is pet safety. And so I'm a master certified pet first aid and CPR instructor. Brooke was one of my students in our Pro Pet Hero instructor training program. And she did great in the class. So in addition to being a former drill sergeant, she's a mom. She is the founder of Mutts with a Mission. She can now add certified pet first aid and CPR instructor to your growing list of titles, Brooke. What do you think? So glad to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, I had a great time in the instructor course. Learned a lot. Really had a good time. All right. And it was really boring, right? No, yes, yes. No, I, I actually learned a lot. I had a good time. Good, good. Well, I think sometimes you learn when you can smile and all that. And uh, before we dive into your Mutts with a Mission, because that's a big deal, guys. And after the show, please go to MuttsWithAMission.com. Keeps it easy. MuttsWithAMission.com. But I really want to find out um, your Army background. So how many years were you in the Army, Brooke? So I was in the Army for eight years. I, was a, um, I went in as a reservist, and I spent about three and a half years active duty just through. Um, I was down at Fort Benning for two years. I was mobilized several times. So just, just only eight years, unfortunately. When you were final rank, what was it? I was an E6. I was a staff sergeant. Oh, that's like my wife, Julie. She was in the E6 staff sergeant, but she was a combat MP, one of the first to get in. But you were a drill sergeant? I was. So I was, uh, my MOS was, I was a supply sergeant. And then I went to drill sergeant school and I was also a combatives instructor. Oh, I'm scared now. I'm so glad we're on radio. What, what does that mean? Combative instructor? So that's the army's hand-to-hand combat program. Oh, okay. So you can handle yourself. Yes. What about though being a drill sergeant? I mean, that's pretty cool. And I already teed you up. People want to hear a cadence or something. Can you, and it's all behave. You can say whatever you want to say, but when you were trying to get that rank and file to know their left foot from their right foot or whatever, do you have one you want to share? Come on. Let's see. So it's, you know, with, with cadences, they're not always, it's, you sing them on your left foot. It's not always like left, right. Okay. Like you do have your, like one is lip, right or lip, right or lip, right or lip, your left, right, your left, two, three, four. Picking up your left, your left, two, three, four. Picking up your left, lip, right or lip, your lip, right or lip. So that's, that's one of them. America's Got Talent is on the other line. I don't oh, know. <laughs> yeah, they're saying, please don't apply. <laughs> But seriously, I mean, you're singing, but what do you think about why is a military cadence so important? It, it seems to me it builds unity. It does. It builds unity. I mean, it also helps, you know, give that, they call it, you know, esprit de corps. You know, when you have in a platoon, you start off with roughly 55 privates, um, you know, different branches or different things. Okay. But it gets, you know, everybody's on the same foot. They're, you know, they're all in step. They're all singing, you know, it gives them something else to think about as well. But mainly it's one of the big things is, is it builds that esprit de corps. I like that. I like that a lot. And when you were growing up, did you tell mommy and daddy, mommy and daddy, when I grow up, I want to be a drill sergeant. I 
did not no so i grew up in coastal virginia so i grew up in, in once uh, i lived in south carolina until i was 10 and then we moved back up where my family lived was newport news virginia so we were near langley air force base so we'd hear okay you know, we'd get to watch the the F-15s and all that stuff flying over. So I wanted to do that for a while. And then for a while, I wanted to be a Navy SEAL, except for I was, you know, born female. So that's not, not going to happen. What a lame excuse. No, it's true. I, I know. I hope one day it'll change. You know, I don't know. The, the physical requirements and, and, you know, Israel used to have females in their special oh, yeah. units. And they found that, unfortunately, you know, when the women got injured, more time was spent on them than should be. And it, it just added another level of complexity to the unit and things like that. And, and um, you know, so I think that me personally, you know, of course, and I think there are some, some things that, that should be left all male just because of it's just more cohesive. And, and uh, I mean, I, you know what, even in my prime when I was, you know, doing top three in triathlons and stuff like that, I'm not going to be able to pick up my, you know, 225 pound husband and, and carry him for a mile to safety with his rucksack and mine. So there's a reason for, for that, but that's another story for another day. <laughs> yeah. So this brings us to, let's talk a little bit about how this idea of mutts with a mission came to be, because I believe that it was a dog named Angus, right? It was. It was Angus and a whole series of situations. Yes. Yeah, so I was mobilized down to Fort Benning for two years and I worked with the infantry training brigade. So I worked with a unit that where they, they train privates. Okay. They go through what's called ITV. So what they do with infantry privates is they do sixteen weeks straight. Like they don't they stay in the same but you know, in the same platoon for the entire time. So they do their basic training and their AIT. So they spend 16 weeks in the same platoon. And what was happening was that was, I was down there from 2004 to 2006, you know, right in, you know, we were in Iraq pretty, okay. and we'd been in Iraq for a little while. And, and what the army was doing was they were pulling um, infantrymen back from the combat zones, sending them to drill sergeant school and then sending them to, um, to be drill sergeants. And so, yeah, uh, it's, it's a lot of stress to be a drill sergeant as it is, but to have just come out of being in combat 24-7 for however long they were there, you know, anywhere from a year to 18 months, that's a lot. So okay. what I'd see is, you know, these guys would come in my office and they would, you know, my, my drill sergeants would come in because at that time I was a supply sergeant and they would come in and, and I'd been there for about, about a year, year and a half. And I decided that, so my husband was up in New Jersey and I was down in Georgia and I was like, you know what, I'm going to get a dog. I want a, a dog to train the blood trail wounded deer and, and I'm going to take him with me to work. So I did. Uh, he would go on road marches and things like that. What kind of dog was Angus? What kind of dog? He was a Karen Terrier. So think Toto from the Wizard of Oz. Oh my gosh. Toto with stripes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, so he was a pretty cool dog. And, and um, you know, I found that, that drill sergeants would come in and even once, you know, once word got around that I had him, drill sergeants from other platoons and other companies would start coming down. And uh, they would just go sit in the chair and call them up. And you could see, you know, the stress of the day would just kind of kind of melt. And they would just sit there and talk to him and pet him. I would have guys come in my office. And they wouldn't even say hello to me. They would just come back. Where's Angus? Yeah, he'd come out. Like he, he slept on a dog bed under my under my desk if he would come out or if we were on a road march or something, you know, they would see him and they'd be like, Hey, cause when he would get tired, cause he was so little, I would 
kneel down, tap the top of my rucksack, and he would jump up there and lay down. So, ah, uh, yeah. Well, you just hit something that's really important, and and I think this is what got you onto the mutts with the mission. Is you can be the toughest badass on the planet, but stress doesn't care who you are, what your gender is. So tell us, uh, that can really take a wallop to somebody mentally and physically, right? Absolutely. You know, um, after I got, after I, you know, came off of mobilization down there, you know, I had to go get what my husband says is a real job. I had to go back to, I had to go back to civilian life, which was even for reservists was very difficult. You know, even though I was stateside, you know, you get used to doing things a certain way. And, you know, I was, you know, I was a combatant instructor while I was down at Benning. You know, I was a supply sergeant. I was in control of my, you know, I had, I was responsible for my own, my company and stuff like that. So, you know, you get very set in your ways and get, and get used to a certain environment. And, and as a civilian in the regular army and, in, and when you're active duty, they, they kind of step you down and send you to classes to prep you to, to go into the civilian life. But when yeah. you come off of mobilization as a reservist, you know, it's like, all right, bye, go back, you know. And, you know, there's a lot of studies being done on, on the regular, you know, on the, we always call it the regular army, the active duty guys. But I think a lot of these studies miss yeah. the National Guardsmen. And so I'm not going to ever say that I had PTSD. I would say I probably had some reacclimation difficulties. Okay. <laughs> I had, you know, I was working and people just weren't doing things in a timely manner. And it was very frustrating. I said, drop and give me 20. I'm at McDonald's. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Right. And so, you know, I started, but then I started, the big thing was I started losing friends. I would get a phone call, you know, hey, did you hear about, you know, drill sergeant so-and-so or, you know, sergeant so-and-so or something like that. And, you know, he committed suicide. And um, it, it really started, you know, I got to thinking, I grew up training dogs. My mom trained dogs. We trained dogs growing up. We showed dogs to a whole bunch what of What kind dogs. of breeds? Oh, gosh. We had Irish setters. Um, my mom had bulldogs. Nice. Um, she had a, a, a Gronendale. I had a I had a Pembroke Welsh Corgi. My brother. Had I did too. Did you? Okay. Yeah. I named him Jazz. He was, uh, I say Corgis are brilliant. They're like the cross between Robin Williams and the Three Stooges. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then I had, uh, Papi I had a couple of Papillons. Wow. You covered the grid, girl. We, yes, yes, we did. You know, they had some, some good old mutts too in there. So my brother had a smooth fox terrier and a Cocker Spaniel. So, yeah, so we kind of ran the gambit. But, you know, and I started talking to my, my husband. And you want to give him a shout out? Oh, yeah. He's been extremely, extremely supportive. He is, couldn't ask for more. It's actually, he's part of the reason why I started Mutts for the Mission. What's his name? His name is Joe Corson. Hi, Joe. And he kind of gave me, uh, you know, I, I kept talking to him saying, I got to do something. I got to do something. And, and he kind of gave me the either, you know, do something or shut up about it. And so 13 years later, here we are. <laughs> Sometimes much to his dismay, but, you know, in the, in the early stages, but he, he was very supportive. And I, and, and so, you know, he, like I said, he kind of put my feet to the fire and said, quit talking and do something. Hey guys, speaking of talking, we're speaking with Brooke Corson. She is the founder of Mutts with a Mission. We're going to have to take a quick commercial break, but when we get back, we're going to dive right into what this nonprofit, it's a game changer. So everybody, you know the drill, sit and stay. <laughs> we'll be right back. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash right after these messages. Pause up, everyone. Arden Moore here, the host of The O'Behave Show. 
Raise your paw if you love frozen desserts. I know I do. And so do my canine trio, Abujo, Kona, and Emma. They drool with delight when offered this sweet treat. And now all dogs will have plenty to yap about. That's because Ben and Jerry's has just unleashed not one, but two doggy desserts. Your dog can enjoy the Ponce Mix made with peanut butter and pretzel swirls or Rosie's Batch made with pumpkin and mini cookies or put a little of both in their bowl. Yum, yum for the tum-tum. Now, when you treat yourself to a bowl of your favorite Ben and Jerry's ice cream, mine is the classic Cherry Garcia, your dogs can enjoy the Ponce Mix or Rosie's Batch or a blend of both. Do you know what time it is? Why, it's Ben and Jerry's time. I see Happy, Bujo, Kona, and Emma heading my way. Check out the Ben and Jerry's Doggy Desserts at BenJerry.com. That's B-E-N-J-E-R-R-Y.com. Pause up. Hey, pet pals, Arden Moore here. Welcome to spring and summer, the onset of itchy skin and allergy season. Is your pet dealing with itchy skin, hot spots, and even ear infections? Help is here. It is Zymox Shampoo and Conditioner to the rescue. Not only is this a shampoo and conditioner great for general bathing and healthy skin support, but it is the go-to shampoo and conditioner for itchy pets. Its patented enzyme formula is loaded with antibacterial and antifungal properties to ease the itch and stop the scratching. And as an added bonus, Zymox shampoos and conditioners give off a lovely, pleasant non-medicine smell. For over 20 years, Zymox products have been helping pets find relief for many health conditions. All Zymox skin and ear products get their effectiveness from enzymes. Zymox contains no antibiotics and no petroleum byproducts, just the soothing power of enzymes. Zymox can be found at your veterinary clinic most pet specialty stores and online. To learn more, dash over to www.zymox.com. That's Z-Y-M-O-X for your pet's sake. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hey everybody, this is Stephen Weber reminding you to always listen to Arden Moore on OVA, the best show on Pet Life Radio. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to OBHAVE. Here's Arden. Welcome back to the OBHAVE show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. We're speaking with Brooke Corson. She is the founder of Mutts with a Mission. It's based out east in Virginia. They just recently moved. But let's talk about Mutts with a Mission. It's a nonprofit. You've been at it for how many years now? 13 now. 13 years. Lucky 13. And so tell people what Mutt with a Mission's mission is. How's that? So our mission is to provide highly trained service dogs for veterans, wounded warriors, first responders, and law enforcement officers who have either line of duty or service-connected disabilities. Okay. That's a big mission. I know you're big on taking on big missions, but training a dog to be a service dog is not one of those overnights. No, no, it's not. Now, a lot of people think it is, but it's really not. It takes about two years. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm just thinking of some of the crazy labs that their brain hasn't caught up with their body. And they're like, okay, okay, 
okay, okay. Oh, I'm now mature. <laughs> They're like wine. It takes a bit of while, doesn't it? That is true. Yes. Especially some of the boys, they take a little longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what kind of dogs do you normally have that make good candidates to be service dogs? So normally what we use, um, we are accredited through an organization called Assistance Dogs International. ADI. ADI, yes. Yep. And so um, we use a lot of labs, mainly labs. Um, we have a few goldens in our program. We have a couple golden lab crosses that we've gotten through ADI through their breeding co-op. And then we also have, we're a little different because of the individuals that we service. Sometimes we have guys who are over, you know, six foot, six, six, something like that, where, and they need a mobility dog. So where a lab's not going to cut it, we will try to find a Great Dane, or we've actually even had success with English Mastiffs. Really? Nice. Yes. Wow. That's pretty impressive. Mutts with a mission. You guys have done all your paperwork. You are a nonprofit. I was doing a little digging and I was pretty impressed because you have now placed service dogs in 11 states, 85%, 85 cents out of every dollar is going to the programs. And you have like an army, look at the words I'm using here, army of, of folks that are sponsoring about 90,000 people are helping out, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, we have a phenomenal uh, support base. I mean, we are, we're definitely blessed. But that didn't happen overnight, Brooks. I mean, what do you think it is about Mutts with a Mission that is drawing the attention of people who either need a dog or want to help you help somebody get a dog? One of the things is, is we try to maintain a family atmosphere. So we try to be approachable. And then we are very, very, very specific about the dogs we select. You know, not every dog can be a service dog, right. especially being in the area we are. We have a lot of, um, so where we are on the East Coast is where the East Coast SEAL teams are based out of. You know, so we'll get people, they're like, oh, I want a Belgian Malinois. And I'm like, well, that's a terrible dog for a service dog work. And, you know, you'll have your outliers. You'll have your one, you know, 7 billion Malinois that would actually be happy doing that work. But they're better as police dogs, aren't they? Absolutely. They like to put their mouth on everything. Um, <laughs> yeah, you don't want them chewing on your veterinary. Right, your right. We always tell people, like, think about it. You know, this dog doesn't want to go lay on the floor at the VA for, you know, five, six hours while you have an appointment. So I am extremely, I try to be very, very aware about having the right dog for the right job. I like that. So we're very specific about the dogs that we bring into the program and we train. And so we, you know, I really want these guys to, I hear all kinds of horror stories from other organizations, you know, oh, I paid $30,000 for this dog. You know, I got a six month old puppy that still goes to the bathroom on the floor, or I got a dog from this organization that bit two people. And I don't want to be one of, I, like I tell my people, cause they'll, you know, they'll send me these links, these videos and things. I'm like, all I can do is make sure that the dogs that much with the mission sends out are the best dogs possible. I like that. Yeah. Well, you have a quote and I hope it's accurate. I was, you know, I'm a news hound. So I was doing my homework on you and you have a great quote. Someone said, I get, oh no, Becca from your uh, Mutts with yeah. the Mission says, our dogs are considered durable medical equipment. What does that mean? So once a service dog graduates in the eyes of the law, it's a wheelchair. Um, you know, it's a walker, it's a cane, you know, and, and so it, that's what the, the law views them as, you know, for the Americans with Disabilities Act and their access and things like that, you know, but to their handler, they're priceless. Yes, they're medical equipment, but then they're also, you know, a lifeline, a way for them to regain the independence that they sacrificed for us. 
So that means their medical bills are paid, right? So the if doctor. they are um, through, if they're with the veterans through the, through the Veterans Administration, yes, um, we can because we are accredited through Assistance Dogs International. We're able to get the dogs is what's called dog of record, so they're able to get their medical treatment paid for the working life of the dog, and then they also are able to travel internationally as a service dog. Nice. Well, on your site, Mutts with a Mission, Brooke, there was a whole checklist of some of the things that these dogs are trained to do. And I mean, turn on the lights. I know that sounds very simple, but that's a big deal, isn't it? It is, especially, you know, we get these guys who, you know, have done 11, 12, 13 tours in Iraq and Afghanistan and, you know, take your infantrymen or even you know, your combat entities who are out clearing buildings day after day after day after day. Some of these may, people may not leave their houses, not because they're afraid of going out. It's that when they get home, you know, they get that anxiety of now I have to go clear my house because what if someone came in, you know, and that's just because of their experience of doing it time after time after time, you know, that's, that's their reality. Right. And so they feel that they need to, you know, so the dog can go in. I mean, I'm notorious myself and I don't have, thank God, you know, I don't have PTSD. I'll be like, oh yeah, I'll be home before dark and I don't leave a light on. I get home, you know, nine, 10 o'clock and it's pitch black, right? So, you know, they can send a dog into a room and the dog can go through the house and turn on the lights as needed. I like that. That helps alleviate some of that feeling of having to go into that heightened state of, not necessarily say anxiety, but just the heightened emotional state of now I've got to go clear the house. Like I'm going to ramp up for it. Well, you also said that they, you know, we're out and about and people are still socially distancing. But if you've got a service dog, that's a built in six foot space, isn't it? I'd like to say yes, but okay. no. And this is one thing that we actually have to prep our teams for is that people will, <laughs> people can be rude. They will come up and they'll pet your service dog and they'll read to you the please do not pet patch. You know, as they're petting your dog that they're not supposed to be petting. You know, some people, you know, are more respectful about it, but we do teach commands. So we don't, there's no aggression allowed in our program. I mean, if we have even one incident about, you know, a dog growls at a person or a kid while they're out or something like that, then we will drop them from the program and find them a good pet home. But, you know, these dogs have to, we teach them a command so they kind of come and create a little bit of space where they just stand in front of their handler. So people automatically give, you know, some space if they need it. But one thing that people, you know, people don't necessarily realize when they get a service dog is that it, a service dog for, you know, PTSD, for, you know, for psychiatric disabilities, part of, so they're, they're, you know, a mo they're an additional modality of treatment to whatever yeah. you're getting. They're tuning into the, to the emotional state of that person, right? Right. And so they have to, um, one, they have to be a very steady dog, but also that's going to invite public interaction. You know, people may come up and say, oh yeah, you know what? You're at the library and you have your service dog. They may come up and say, oh, what a beautiful, well-behaved dog. And so where these people may have socially isolated before, you know, they're going to have more social interaction, which is part of, you know, their forward progress in life. And it's, you know, where, you know, maybe before their military service, they were a very outgoing, you know, person, talked with a lot of people, you know, after their experiences, they withdrawn into themselves, they're not as, you know, outgoing. And that dog helps them to break that barrier again and be able to talk with people like they used to. Well, one of the things you have on your Mutts with the Mission uh, website is provide tactile stimulation during a flashback or anxiety attack. 
What's that in English? Um, so the dog will actually come perform a command. We call it lap up where they will either put their head in, or depending on the size of the dog, right? We're not going to teach a mastiff to put his feet in someone's lap um, <laughs> yeah. or their feet into the person's lap. And basically, you know, until they receive the response that they're, receive, that they're trained to receive, they will continue to nudge the person um, until that person actually makes contact with them. I like that. I like that. Do you ever wish, Brooke, that you could come back as a dog, a service dog? No, they work really, really hard. <laughs> they work pretty hard. I mean, seriously, <laughs> it is a dedicated four-legger. They really, really are. And, you know, we have some phenomenal dogs out there working that I'm just so proud of. And not only am I proud of the dogs, but I'm proud of their handlers. It's a big step to say, yep, you know what, I need help, you know, and I need help in the form of a service dog. But then the strides that these guys and girls have made in forward progress, it's just it makes me so proud of them for you know reaching out and realizing they need the help. Well, I know on your website, you did a shout out. There's a lot of people involved, but uh, if you just want to say hello, you've got like Jerry Clay, a puppy raiser, and a Johnny Ao, who's a service dog handler. So you yes. want to do a little shout out? Oh, yeah. Johnny and Jerry and Sherry. I mean, we just have a phenomenal crew that helps us mission barbecue sponsors one of our dogs i mean they're awesome it, we can roll up we were in florida picking up some puppies from a, a sister program and we went to mission barbecue in orlando and i'm nice. like oh yeah i'm like it's this is puppy's first outing and usually if we're home in virginia that's one of our puppies first outings is to mission barbecue and you got a couple of events coming up in August. Guys, go to Mutts with the Mission, but August 21st, you're going to do a 5K. And then my more favorite one is August 22nd, you're doing a something at a brewery. Yes, go to the Farmhouse Brewery after the, the day after the, the 5K. So we do have a virtual option for the 5K as well. So oh, okay. anybody that's out you know, out and about in the U.S. that wants to, to do it, they're more than welcome to sign up. Johnny has designed pretty cool. The medals for the race are pretty cool. He, he does a nice job with that. So what can we do to help? How do people help out you to help out those that have served for us? And I like that you include first responders. So you're covering a, a big group of dedicated people, military and, and paramedics, you know, you name it. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, these these, these men and women here at home, they're they're lifesavers, just like our guys and girls over overseas. So donations are always great. And my people will, would be upset if I didn't say that. You know, we need money to run the program and, and you know, get these dogs and train them and things like that. Feed them. They're very feed them. They like to eat. Labs like to eat. We need lots yeah. of treats and food. But because this is such a big, it's an epidemic of, you know, our veterans and our first responders and our, and our law enforcement officers meeting these dogs. If you live in, in the, you know, Virginia Beach area within like two hour radius, we'd love to have you as a puppy raiser. If you nice. don't, I would say go onto the Assistance Dogs International website and look okay. up a program near you because puppy raisers are our greatest resource, but they're okay. also okay. our hardest resource to get. And, and people say, well, you know, I couldn't do it because I have to give the dog up, you know, in, in about a year and a half, two years. But when you see the change that it makes in these individuals' lives, and it, even some of them will say, you know, I went from like Johnny will tell you, you know, he's got, he's got three kids and his youngest is, I have to think, so his youngest is the same age as my youngest. So she's 10, super outgoing, super cute kid. And she does a lot of stuff. And, you know, before he didn't go out as much and attend her stuff. And 
And now since he has his eclipse, he goes out and you know, goes to dinner and stuff like that. And I mean, that story just repeats itself with so many of our people. It's important. It's quality of life. It's quality of life. Hey guys, we got to wrap this up, but I want to salute you. I did it with my left hand. Oh man, I'll never make it in the army. I just want to salute you, Brooke. We're talking to Brooke Corson. She is the founder of Mutts with a Mission. And I really do applaud all that you and your team are doing any parting message you want to tell our many, many listeners? Just, you know, we, we really appreciate it. I appreciate the time. You know, I have a, I could not do this without my team. I have a phenomenal team of staff and puppy raisers and support in the community. And, and um, just take that stuff. And if you, even if you can't do it as much with a mission, go to the ADI website, find another program that's, um, you know, we, we consider all ADI programs, sister programs, help out another one. And you, can, you can help change somebody's life for the better. Very well said. And at this time, I want to do a shout out to my producer, Mark Winter. He is the surgeon of sound, the wizard of pause, and the executive director of Pet Life Radio, which is the largest pet radio network on the planet. One day we'll get to Mars. We're patient. Also, if you want, check me out at ardenmore.com. I really enjoyed having Brooke on our show and I consider you a friend, and I do appreciate the service that you've done in the Army, and you're still doing now, Brooke. Well, I appreciate it. Again, thank you so much for this opportunity. It's uh, fantastic. And you even did a cadence. We got you to sing. Come on. I come did. On. I haven't done one of those in a while. Silas was sitting next to me, and he wasn't sure what to make of that. So. Tell your son, all is good. All is good. So, guys, until next time, this is your flea-free host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two three, and four-leggers out there, Obehave. Coast to coast and around the world, it's Obehave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. Obehave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com.